Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sheffield United 2, Everton 2. It's your post-match as Everton pick up their first points of the season. First points, first point of the season. It's not points yet, unfortunately. Uh, and they also scored two goals. That is plural. Um, and, yeah, it's, there's a lot to unpack here. I've got Pete and Les with me, uh, as usual here. Um, there's a lot to sort of talk about with this in, in various different ways, I think, lads, because it was a bit of a, a, bit of a crazy game, I thought, in my opinion. Um, I come to you first, Les, with this. Went one nil up. I thought we looked we looked really good for a good half an hour or so. I thought this looks like a competent side. Now we were passing it okay. We had a bit of tempo about us going forward. Defensively looked quite compact as well. Um only up until the point where we can see the really, really poor goal, um, which we'll go through in a sec. But what were your thoughts first of all on, on particularly in that first half? Um, it, well, it was better than Villa away, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I just I thought yeah we, we did look a lot better, but I mean they're a poor side, aren't they? You know you, you could see there that you know they're going to be down there with us come the end of the season. Um, it was just, yeah it was, you know there, there was no reason for us to to concede the way we did. It was just players, no. you know, like you said. I said you'll, you'll go over that in a minute. Like, but I think that was the frustrating thing. Although you know for, like we did look relatively composed on the ball, passed it round all right. That those same mistakes were there with some slack passing. Players switching off and we're getting punished for it. I mean, the second goal, second goal was bad. It was unlucky, but again, it was bad. It just wasn't closing down the man properly. Um, so yeah, it's it's frustrating to see the same, the same sort of flaws in the game. And it's I don't know. It, it's still very worrying because yeah, you know, if you look at the, it's the first points on the board to get one point out of those first four games. I mean, it, it's it's a little bit of a relief today because, you know, it, it could have been worse, especially at the end, as we'll talk about, I'm sure, before we finish. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's frustrating, really, and, and quite worrying for me. I don't feel particularly bored by the display, to be honest, just because we just look so fragile still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pete? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think you've both kind of summed it up perfectly well there, to be honest with you, you know. The first, the first sort of half an hour, I thought we looked decent. Um, the first goal that Sheffield United scored was just—it it was exactly the same as, as some of the goals we scored against Villa, where we where the gap between the, the midfield and the and the centre halves was so huge. The centre halves mm. dropped back into the box, and there's just that acre of space, like yeah. on the edge of the box. So all he had to do was literally pull back five yards, and he's he's totally open and you know and and free and. That's something we've got to address because that's not that's not done by that's done by design. That they, they've mm. they've targeted that area and they've deliberately you know tried to exploit that. 
And as I say, it's not the first time it's happened so far this season. So whether Decore or Garner have got to be more switched on, I think they both have, to be honest with you. Um, when you actually look at the, the line, we've got a very flat four deep into the box, but the, or on the edge of the six-yard box. But then there's probably a good 20 yards between them yeah. and then where Decore and, and Garner are. So something's got to be done about that. We need to, we need to make sure that they're, that they're switched onto that, that big pocket of space because that's where we're getting exploited the most at the moment. Um, I thought it, in large patches of the game, I thought we did okay. Um, we could, I mean, that Dan Juma chance as well, where we were four on two before they yeah. before they equalised. That was just absolute. Yeah. Oh, it was criminal, criminal. If you you know, he's he, it's the most frustrating thing about it is as well is that before he goes to cut inside, he looks up so he can see that there's that they've got four on yeah. two. And I don't. But even understand. even when he does that, even when he does that, he's, he's still got them next to him as well. He, he yeah. cuts inside. And you're thinking just pat and you scream and yeah. pass it even even just before he hits it. It's not like he's missed out on it as soon as he cuts inside. Those those yeah. three lads, one one next to one side and two next to the other, and he still goes for goal. Well, that's it though. I I, I expected him to pass once he cut in because if you cut yeah. in, you get the defender to commit. Then the yeah. other one has to come. You, you know, it's it's all in a split second. But once you cut in, then release the ball because you know you've got another defender committed to you. It just mm. it, it, to me that was that that was probably the the biggest wasted opportunity of yeah. of the day. I think it's two uh, nil. You know, we you know it's a totally different kind of game. The yeah, second goal from them was just a, was just horrible. The second yeah. goal was just horrible. Just one of those yeah. things. Um, poor defending, but then to the, the ricochet off the post to go in off Pickford um, was was yeah. was just horrendous. Well, I mean, you can't you account for that, but what you can account for, um, and and I've had a lot of people dis- disagreeing and debating on this in terms of the goals. We can see the the first thing I wanted to say there about you saying about the, the what you said correctly was the gap between midfield and the centre backs and the full backs not not tucking in when they get free of our midfield and then have about thirty yards in front of um, the centre backs. I don't know if you guys seen it. I think it was on that player's tribute. I'm not sure there was a difference. Um, Podcast that did it where it showed you dice. You know when you do like um, a, a meeting with dice and you do them an hour going through how he deals with like tactics and whatnot. And one of them, I remember it quite succinctly. It was when he was talking about he used to pull in his midfield into a triangle, and um, that was in front of the back four. So the the thing that'd be essential in our case having just a gay deeper that sits in front of that back four. So when they get past the lads in front of him, he's able to close it down. So they then have to go out wide with it. And there was yeah. none of that. And then you look at that goal he scored there, Les. Um, people initially saying to me, that doesn't happen if Patterson does his job and drops back. I, I felt differently that even if he got back, there's every chance that that player cuts in onto his right foot anyway. And yeah. then Tarkovsky, I, I personally think it was unforgivable that he didn't put a challenge into that. Because when you see it, and I've, I've, I've stopped the shot of it on um, called TNT now, isn't it? Felt like yeah. TNT throwing it to me at the end. Um, where he cuts inside and has that shot, which causes the goal from Pickford. Tarkovsky, typical centre-back, who he's had built his career on, should be throwing every single part of his body at that. And he just sticks his little leg up um, yeah. and, and it just goes to that point. That is infuriating as a centre-back. And, and it, it, I just could not stop getting out of my out of my mind, at least until the half-time. Yeah, I think I think the first goal, there was, there was a bit of collective blame there because there yeah. were so many... On something different to stop him, like being stood on his own at the end of the at the edge of the box, and it's like you know, at, at any level, you can't do that. You, you can't mm. just leave the player on the edge of the box. It's unforgivable. It doesn't matter what level you're playing at. That is just basic stuff. 
and someone's got to take responsibility there, and no one did. Um, the second one, as you say, Tarkovsky, it, it's pointless just backing off and backing off and then dangling the leg out. You've, yeah. got to, you've got to pressure the man on the ball. You've got to. Don't throw yourself in, obviously, because he'll just skip past you. You've got to do yeah. more than that, especially the closer they get into the box. He's getting a good angle there. Um, as I said, it was unlucky to go in off Pickford. But, um, yeah, it was just really poor defending. He, he's, I don't know, he's looked, he's looked pretty shaky, hasn't he, Tarkovsky, this season? Yeah. Um, got away with murder because Michael Keane was so bad. That's an excellent point. But it's I think today it, uh, I don't know, it was it was there to see for everyone, wasn't it? He just he wasn't good again. Apart from that block he did um, towards the end of the game, nearly took his head off. Yeah. Um, very clever what he did as well to go down, although I don't know if the tune have played on with ten men rather than get uh, Ben Godfrey on, but that's another conversation, I suppose. Um yeah, I think there's there's it, it's worrying because there's still low deficiencies in the squad. The players like Tarkovsky aren't looking as good as last season. Um, and then you look at that bench we had today, and it's like we, I know there's a few players to come back potentially, but it's it's threadbare, isn't it? You think you know, yeah. it goes off. You've got Keane or Godfrey to come on. That's it. And um, I suppose at a push, you could maybe put Mikhailenko centre back, but it's uh, it's not more. It's it. It's a, it's a terrible. It looks a terrible squad now. It looks weaker than last year. I think at the minute, possibly. Um, although I suppose I don't know. Better look good, so we look much better than anything yeah. we've had. Yeah, potentially it, it could be a worse squad than last season. Um, so it's I don't know. It's it's all very worrying because they're a terrible side. Sheffield United, they were rubbish. Yeah. So, and it's you know if we're scrapping out for points against them, it makes you think: well, where are we actually going to get the points from? Because we play anyone good, it's going to take some effort to beat them. Yeah, I, I mean, I looking at that what you just said there about playing playing that sort of side away from home. You know, you haven't got much other teams in the league who you say, yeah, these are the ones we'll get points from. So in, in that case, you look yeah. at that, and it was it was much needed, wasn't it? Getting three points from that. I know we said that against Wolves as well because these are the sides. Played three teams. We thought we should get three points against these. Yeah, and we've got one out of nine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's the thing that, that's so worrying about it. And then, you know, the, the bigger boys are yet to come, aren't they, um, in, in the coming weeks and months and all that. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the game itself, I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're if neutral watching that, Pete, you would have loved that. It, it would have been a really interesting, interesting way to watch. Now we're talking about it. We actually were able to equalise and get a draw out of the game in the end. Um, but there were, there were so many different factors of this that you could go down in, in, in any which way you wanted to. Um, in regards to fullbacks as well, mate, I just think there's so much naivety when we've got those lads there. And let's face it, Ashley Young, I know I'll bang on all the time about him being 38 and close to getting his pension, but he shouldn't. He should be knowing how to defend at left back because that's all he's done for the latter part of his career. That's all he did at Aston Villa, who had a brilliant season last season. He was playing left back for most of that 30 odd games. Why does it just look like he's just? He's just got an empty head when he's come to us playing at left back, and then that's not to mention that's not to mention how how ridiculous he is at taking a set piece. There was there was one time in the second half where we nearly had a shot. In fact, we did, um, and I think it got given for a foul. I think it might have been Decore or Onana who had a header that went across goal. That was the only decent cross he put in that landed in the six yard box. Everything else with him, it's uh, it's infuriating, and then similarly. Patterson, the other side, um, you know, I'm, I, I was ready to pull out what air I've got left 
there's, <laughs> there's so many times where he's exposed. There's so many times positionally where I'm thinking, what's he been told to do? Is it either what he's been told to do or what he actually does um, with his own mentality when he's on the pitch? The lad's got a lot of talent, no denying that. Um, he's, he's one for the future, absolutely. But he's going to stick out like a sore thumb when you're playing in a side that's so poor anyway. And he's looking even worse. You know, you're going to look like a player that nobody wants to play right back. I mean, he, I mean, I put on my Twitter. I'd rather have Steve Stone playing there instead of him, and Ian Moore <laughs> playing, Ian Moore playing for actually Young as well. They're the things that let us down for me, Pete. And, and then the centre back area, and I go back to it as well because nobody has really spoken about it. I don't think Branthwaite is going to be a top class centre back for many, many mm. years to come. Um, yeah. He got that yellow card, and I ten minutes in, and I thought. This is uh, this this is worrying me. This he's he's still a bit of a kid, you know. A, a red card. If you had, I I would go as far as saying if you had a top class centre back or or there's equivalent on the bench, Dice might look at thinking half time. I might have to pull him here against the side that wants to go physical. But it was it was no bother for him whatsoever. And you know, I think sad enough as it is to say, and people will give me pelters for this. You Everton do well to keep him for a couple of years, I think, because he's going to be he's going to be a world class defender. That lad, the way he started. Yeah, I think I think with Branthwaite, one of the the only way we 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 keep him happy and keep him is to is to make sure he's playing regularly. Um, we're going to have to be patient with him because he will make mistakes. He will, yeah. you know, he will have he will have bad games, but we need to we need to stick by him, um, <laughs> especially knowing what the alternative is, because although Branthwaite might make a mistake or might have a mistake in him. Um, you know, uh, hopefully he'd learn from them. Whereas the alternative has never learned from any of the mistakes that he's that yeah. he's made, and, and 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 keeps making the same ones. So I think, yeah, we've we've got to we've got to give Branthwaite the time now. He's got to be, you know, first choice or one of the first choice centre backs for me now. Um, certainly with with this thread thread yeah. there, um squad that we've ended up with. Um, I mean, to be, I, I, I don't think it's all as bad. As what as as what some people have said, I do think that you know when, when players are back, I think we have improved a lot of areas in the squad. But obviously, the the centre half positions, um, the full back positions, they're the ones that concern me the most in terms of going forward. I think Beto adds a lot in terms of in terms of the shape, in terms of I think he'll bring the best out of other players around him. Um, just having that mobility up front and someone who's going to cause issues for the defenders, the fact that he's got a bit of pace, the fact that he's the, he's good in the air, he can obviously hold the ball up well. I think he'll cause problems for for most teams. Um I think, you know, when when we've got Jack Harrison back, when we've got McNeil fully fit, but if we can get Dominic Calvert Lewin back on the pitch, when Seamus is back, uh, it's all ifs and buts, but I think, you know, I don't think it's as bad as Certainly, the results are, are, are suggesting at the moment. Um, I think the international break probably come at the right time for us, where we can regroup a bit, get some players back from from injury, and get some players, you know, fully up to speed and get them and, and get them bedded in. So, I, I'm as I say, although there are concerns certainly at the back in terms of the centre half area and full back areas, I wouldn't be getting too carried away right now in terms of in terms of where we are in the league and, and the points we've picked up so far. I think there's a lot of points to play for and I think we'll we'll start picking them up soon. Yeah, I think I mean I think go on, sorry. Yeah. I just think I think the worry for me is we just we just can't get a balance, can we? So I think last no. season we probably had better defensive options than attacking ones. Um this season our attack looks a lot better. Um after this after this transfer window, you know, we've got good options as you said, McNeil coming back today. Harrison to come back in. Beto looked good today. I think he was uh, in a brand like to 
sort of like bright spots to come out of today. Um, I think Dan Juma will get better if he gets his head up and like passes it. Um, so I think we've got a lot of options up front. It's just defensively, it looked really, really sus now. It's it, um, and and I think the midfield as well. I thought Garner and Onana played all right today. Actually, I think um, probably Onana's best game of the season. I think, um, but still, I, I think you know. Selling Awobi, which was 100% the right thing to do as far as I'm concerned, because he, you know, he, he wasn't going to sign a new deal. Um, and he's got a year left on his contract, so he would have gone for nothing, which would have mm. been, you know, would have been terrible business for the club. But to not get anyone in to replace him, yeah, you know, it's I know all the <laughs> all the eye test people and the stats people have been arguing with each other saying he's shite and he's not shite. But the fact is, he was our most creative player, whether you think he's shite or not. He created more chances than a lot of other players in the team. Season before that, it was Richarlison. A lot of two of them have gone in consecutive seasons and not been replaced. And that just leaves the team a lot weaker, I think. And that that's the thing that worries me. We look like we've got like a potentially a decent attack force there. But you kind of think who's gonna be feeding the ball from midfield? Because I don't think yeah. Garner or particularly do that. And it's that that's the thing that worries me, the the, the lack of balance, the one one part of the pitch seems quite heavily loaded squad wise, and the other ones like not. Although there's numbers there, they're just not very good. Um, you know, it's mad that we're in this position, isn't it? And that that's that's mm. the worrying thing for me. And we should be we should be doing better than games like that today. Uh, yeah, we, we, one, I yeah, just, just just interject there, that quick as well. One player I would say about that I've kind of forgotten about, um, and it's a, it's a bit of a something to think about. I am not saying he's going to come back and be. The prime player that he that he once was, but if there's a chance that Deli Ali can come in and do a job for Everton Football yeah. Club, if we can get him fit and get get his head right, um, I mean, a simple question would be: Would you rather have a prime Deli Ali or Deli or a prime Alex Iwobi? And I think most yeah. people who watch the two of them play together or watch the two of them play, you probably nine times nine out of ten would say you'd want Deli. Just going back to what we were talking about, Peter, about um, Alex Iwobi. Is, is left the club. Um, now there's there's two ways of looking at it, really, isn't there? Because many fans just didn't take him or like him, or you know didn't think he was any good anyway. So they're happy for him to go. The amount of money as well, people are happy with uh, up to twenty two million quid. It's going to be, um, regardless of how that is structured, doesn't really matter at this stage because the window's over. But the fact that we didn't get anybody in, it's it's a famous story for us, isn't it? That we don't sort of get anybody in, or if we do, it's normally at the last minute. The club haven't been able to get anybody additional in to replace him, if you like. So, what are you looking at, thinking of the options here? Because I know people are going to be screaming at whatever they are listening to us, saying, oh, you know, he's shite anyway. He's never he's never going to get a game. He shouldn't have been playing and whatnot. But whether you believe that or you don't, there's an area there we need to fill because he was still getting a game. He was still our starting, starting player for us in our 11. Um, that needs replacing. So, how do we go and do it with... All we have left. Well, I think firstly with Alex Iwobi, he, he's kind of like the litmus test between, you know, people who judge players purely on stats or people who judge purely players purely with their own eyes. Um, I kind of sit somewhere in the middle where I was, yeah. I, I could see that I could see what he contributed to the team. I could also see that he wasn't he wasn't consistent. Um, obviously lacked goals and and to be honest, assists. I know he he created some chances and. Maybe that wasn't necessarily his his number one role on that side to get goals, but I would expect when certainly when we've got you know Garner and, and Onana and Decore, um, I would have, I would expect 
someone in Iwobi's position to contribute some goals at least to the uh, to the side. So uh, it's it's it'll be interesting to see what happens once everyone's back because obviously you know Dwight McNeil has played out wide, but also can play in that little pocket as well. He can play a slightly deeper role. Certainly for Burnley, he was the player who get on the ball and and look to make things happen. Um, Harrison as well. He's a bit more of a wide player, but. He can he can obviously come in and do that job, and hopefully he can take on the responsibility of of the you know getting assists for um you know for Beto and for for Dominic Calvert Lewin or whoever else plays up front. Um, it'll also be interesting to me to see what happens when when the entire squad is fit and and when when we when we do have everyone back because you know it wouldn't surprise me if if Dice did end up going for two up front anyway. Um. Which would uh, with and using wingers and two midfielders or or you know with a three and then you know with with two out and out centre forwards basically so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Calvert Lewin and Beto both both started uh, which again just just changes the system slightly but but could could cause problems for opposition players um, so yeah it's a I can understand the reasons for this for the sale. Um, for, with with his contract running down, his obviously refusal to sign a new contract. It seems seemed pretty obvious to me. He wanted to move back to London, um, so he's he's got his wish. We've got a decent fee for him. Like you say, though, it's it's disappointing that we weren't able to get anyone else in to to replace him. Certainly, even you know, in terms of numbers for the squad, because when we looked at the bench today, we only had seven on the bench out of a possible nine, and two of them were goalkeepers. So <laughs> clearly, we we we're short of numbers. Um, must say, hopefully, once everyone's back fifth, we you know things will start to look a bit better. Yeah, the, the other thing we've um, we've spoken of highly because he's he's been the highlight since he arrived. Well, less than a week ago, five days ago, when he arrived at our club, uh, we spent over thirty million quid for him, or what will become thirty million quid. Beto's coming in; he's been like a breath of fresh air in just a few days. Now, it, it's easy for for well, particularly younger people get really excited about new signings they've got, and they start promising. Um, this fella, and we hinted upon it earlier on uh, at the start of this, this guy's coming in and, yeah, I think I'll go back and say he looks like a breath, breath of fresh air. He certainly has been in those first two games. All right, yeah, one of them was against Doncaster. But this fella looks like he's got a bit of everything for us. Pete, he's got, he's got the height, he's got that physical presence. He seems to love getting involved physically with big defenders. He loves sort of throwing his body about. He's really quick as well. Um, I think he has that... That many different things, that that much of a, an attribute in certain areas of the pitch. The, there'll become a time, or there will be a time right now, I think with Sean Dyson, in, in terms of how you use him, especially when uh, Calvert-Lewin gets back. And I've seen people saying it to me already on Twitter, saying, oh, we need to get the two of them, the, the pair of them up front. I don't think that's going to work that way. I don't certainly don't think it's in an Everton type of lineup anyway, but I, I don't think you'd see the two of them because I think they'd be ultimately similar if you're trying to play them as a 4-4-2. I think... People, I could see why he did it, but I think people would see it as controversial, or I think they'd probably not be happy with Dice if you were to put um, Beto out wide or Beto a little bit deeper. Even though he can do those roles efficiently, and probably one of the best players that can do them for us anyway. I think when he's on the pitch and you don't play him in his natural role as a centre forward, people are going to complain about that, regardless of how good it is with him there or with him not. If you get what I mean. Yeah, again, that that's that's the thing that you, I hope he's not. Um, I hope that isn't something that the dice turns to just to try and versatility threatening him. I sort of guess. Yeah, 
Do you guess what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, well, well, we saw it with, with Dominic Calvert-Lewin himself uh, when yeah. he first broke into the side and he was playing. <laughs> we start, right started back. that season at right wing back, yeah. Um, and he seemed to sort of, you know, start out wide and we only really saw the best of him once he went down the middle and and that's clearly his best position. So, yeah, it, it's uh, it would worry me. Um if 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 better was sort of put out wide just to accommodate bringing bringing Dom back in, but again, it's it's a it's a nice problem to have in a sense because mm. at least then there's competition for those places and and, uh, and as I say, it's it's more it's more so to do with what happens with Jack Harrison and, and Dwight McNeil for me as well because if those two can get fully fit and fired and then then they'll be creating plenty of chances for whoever's in the middle and then it's a straight shootout between the two of them who can stay fit and who can who can keep scoring goals. So um I think if Beto if Beto carries on, um if he scores goals and if he if he makes the impact that we're that we're seeing after such a short space of time, um if he carries on that form, then I think it's Dominic Calvert Lewin's you know, it's up to him to make an impact whenever he gets a chance. Um but yeah, it, it's 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 a tough one. We'll see we'll see what happens. But as I say, it's just nice to have options. It's nice to be able to rotate potentially in those positions rather than putting all the pressure on on the shoulders of Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um so yeah, I'm really excited with Battle to be honest with you, Dave. I think you know, you, as you've alluded to, he's been here less than a week. He, he only landed in the country on Monday or Tuesday. He was thrown straight in to come off the bench on Wednesday, um, starting the Premier League on Saturday. Um, he's all probably only had a couple of days actually training with these players, but you're already seeing good good link up play and and good little bits of um of play between between him and the rest of the team. So I, I think once the international break, um. Is out of the way. Um, certainly, I think you'd alluded to before as well. He's not in the Portugal squad, so it means that he can have more time in Finch Farm to get used to the players around him. Um, I'm I'm really hoping that we can see the team start to gel and certainly try and try and start picking up some points in the Premier League after the international break. Mm. I mean, you're probably the most positive person I know about Everton, and I think it's when when me and you talk, and obviously Leslie, who's left us there. Um, just before we finish, when me and you talk, I think it is um, an interesting debate that we have, as in when I've got like a, a really, really hard conversation to have about players that have been doing my head in, you're always able to put something a little <laughs> bit more of a positive spin towards them, Peter. And I think that that's what uh, a lot of people enjoy when they're listening to us. Um, when when it comes to going to this transfer window, yeah, we've gone, we've travelled, we've got our first point. Um, First three games were pretty much horrendous for us all to see. Then you'd have Beto come in the shining light. He's gone, he's got his first goal on his debut. All right, yeah, it was at Doncaster. He had a really positive effect with how he did here at uh, Sheffield United. Um, I remember a lot of the times in the past when we've actually built some momentum, getting an international break was just the worst thing before us because you're then waiting for two weeks. You've got to send players away on international breaks and all that. Um, at at this stage now, um, I'm 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 happy that we've got this break because you've got a new striker there that you need to bed into this side, and it's already looked really positive, um, already for Dice. And then if you've got them in and around the 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 changing room, in and around the training, that already is a boost for us to try a few new things, get get better bedded into this side. Um, before everyone else comes back. You mentioned Chimiti before as well. Um, Don Juman will be away, but when he comes back, these guys that have come in need as much as experience as we can get 
in and amongst Finch Farm and the players around them. So there's, I think this is really important for Sean Dice and everybody else to use these these breaks for international players to our uh, to our advantage. Yeah, and and the other thing as well to to, to bear in mind, this is something that which which sometimes people look at me like I've got two heads when I say when I say this, but in terms of defensively as well. If you're training defenders and you're trying to set defenders up to defend, whether it's set pieces, whether it's just generally an open play, I'm convinced that the issue we've had up front has had a direct impact on the issue that we've got at the back because the defenders haven't been playing against top-class centre-forwards every day in training. Mm. They haven't been playing. They haven't been tested in training. They haven't actually... <laughs> do you know what I mean by that? Like, yeah. Because if, if all they're coming up against in training are the people that we see as being... You know, insufficient for our squad, then they're not they're not being tested. So as soon as they come up against anyone who is half decent, uh, they, they crumble. So for me, bringing in proper centre forwards doesn't just include you know improve us in a in a, a sense of going forward, but just in a plain plain and simple being able to train the defenders properly. I actually feel that it's it's going to have a decent knock on effect as well because the defenders will be tested properly in training rather than just having Neil Moore by buzzing around them. So yeah, I, I um yeah, it, it's a crucial international break this for us. I'm I'm certainly not. It's not one of those times where I'm devastated. That there's, there's an international break just as we pick up some momentum. I actually think it's probably at the at the exact right time. It's good that we've managed to 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 not lose today. Disappointing that we did that we didn't win. Obviously, uh, I think that we. I think that we dominated large parts of the game, certainly earlier on. Um, we were, we switched off twice and got punished for it. And then mm. we could have been even worse at the end if it wasn't for Jordan Pickford. So I think we you know, we take the point, uh, lick our wounds, and hopefully come back after the international break with a bit of a spring in our step and looking to prove a few people wrong. And, and hopefully we can we can start getting some points on the board. And yeah, just to finish up, it uh, doesn't get much tougher than we've got a hassle at all when we come back from the international break. So that'll be interesting to see if we've sorted anything out. Um, with the players that we have got that haven't gone away on international break. Thanks, Pete, as always. Uh, thanks for everyone for listening. We're sorry this is a little bit later than usual, immediately after the, uh, the game finishes, but we've had a few tech issues, but that happens at times, doesn't it? Um, yeah, Everton are playing again for a fortnight. Uh, the 16th, isn't it, we're home against Arsenal, so there'll be a post-match after that, of course, but up to that point, we don't stop. Plenty of podcasts all over the place. Do join us on Patreon. Uh, it's really cheap to join us. We love your support. We love your comments. And there's always bagfuls of things happening every single day with all of the content we put out there. And, of course, the, the weekly, which is always free as well. Thanks so much for your support. And we'll speak to you, well, tomorrow and every other day in the week. Thanks for listening to us all the time. And up the toffees. Sports Social Podcast Network.